the, the beautiful part is now you're seeing the difference between reporting and analytics is data in motion. You're being able to see trends. You're being, being able to show people a pattern of decisions and say the most important graph you'll ever create is if you do not change your ways, this is where you're headed. <laughs> and that, that moment is a powerful moment between HR and all of the different constituents that it serves. Welcome to season four of Paychecks Pulse, an HR podcast where HR professionals can find great insights on today's top issues and be inspired to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paychecks Pulse podcast, live from the floor of HR Tech 2023. I'm your host, Rob Parsons. Joining me right now are Jeff Williams and Paul Rubenstein. Jeff is Paychex's Vice President of Enterprise and HOR Service. Jeff leads the teams that provide proactive advisory services to clients looking to navigate complex legislative and evolving employer landscape. Paul has more than 25 years of experience consulting and working in HR. He's the Chief Customer Officer at Vizier, and before that, their Chief People Officer. Vizier transforms raw data into meaningful insights answers and solutions to help organizations get a better understanding of their workforce and their business. Jeff, Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. It's exciting and I, and I really like the energy on the show floor this year. I, I wanted to start because you told me an interesting story about how you two met, how you came up, and I think it'll lend some interesting perspective on what you're seeing at the show this year. Paul's version will probably be closer to the truth. Well, we, we both used to work at Bing Consulting, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, going client by client, um, working through all of the issues that face employers um, and helping them contextualize it in the modern world. So that's, I don't know, 20 years in consulting? How many years you do? Uh, 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 several, several. Uh. Yeah, and one of the great things about uh, working with Paul is, you know, I always felt like he was based in, in our New York office at the time, and I always felt like his thinking was at the forefront of where our clients needed to go. Thank you. So I always felt like I learned something uh, when I worked with Paul. That's fantastic. So we are certainly among the leading edge here at HR Tech. What's jumping out at you both, you know, in in light of that experience? Do you want to go first or? Go ahead. I, I have to say there's like a couple of themes that I picked up on and one of them is quite surprising. Um, how much energy people are going back to on the basics of unpacking their recruiting stack. Like if you look at the number of vendors um, around here that are doing parts of recruiting, nobody really does it all, does it? Um, and every nobody's satisfied still. And we've been through this economic cycle of change in technology going all the way back to Brass Ring and Taleo. And now you see AI coming into it and all the different parts. I mean, it, it's starting to look like the marketing tech stack where everybody wants every single technology. They can't just pick one or two. Uh, that was one of the things. I don't know what what are what else are you seeing? Yeah, for me, I and I did a bit of a talk earlier today over at the case study theater on it. It's the impact of of analytics on a business, right? The ability to harness data that exists somewhere, uh, the ability to unlock that data, to visualize that data, and to have that data turn into insights and actions. You know, I think. The ability to solve basic HR problems in simple ways fueled by data. Yes, there's a lot going on with artificial intelligence in this show, absolutely. But the idea of using analytics to fuel the HR 
um, mission, I think, is is forefront in what I'm seeing around the floor. And I think what's interesting about that is it's different than the first thing I mentioned, right? The first thing I mentioned was about efficiency of HR, right? And let's let's face it, like we grew up in a time where everybody was focused in all those transformation projects on the efficiency of HR. And so much of the software is around the efficiency of HR. But now, efficiency is not enough. CEOs are looking at HR to say, show me the impact on people. People, people decisions are business decisions. The corporate performance yes. gap is the people impact gap. And HR, it's not enough to just be compliant. It's just not enough to, you know, put, put butts in seats, right? You actually have to show the patterns, and this is where it comes in really, the patterns of insights that others can't see. And so we have, like, kudos to everyone in HR, kudos. You've done a lot of hard work over the last 20 years to get all of the HR record-keeping systems, the payroll systems, the benefit systems. You got them humming right. But the interesting stuff happens when you look across all of those systems. When you start to look across all those systems and all the data and think about what it means for business and add business data to it. That's the analytics that Jeff is talking about. That's the pattern recognition which HR has always had in its head because it sits outside and sees things. But now it can turn that into data and it changes the conversation. Yeah, and let me let me build on that if I may. And I, I think what Paul's describing is some of why HR is stalled out in the C-suite. So Stacey Harris at Sapient does a kind of a, a strategic indicator of HR. You've, you've seen the research. And, you know, I think HR is a little bit stuck at this area. So picture two trips to the C-suite. Trip number one, HR leader goes in and says, boy, I'm really concerned about turnover in our Chicago office. Really concerned. Okay, that's opportunity number one. Opportunity number two is, I'm really concerned about turnover in our Chicago office because we're 20% behind our competitors based yeah. on the benchmark for compensation. I'm proposing we don't go all the way, but we go 15%. I believe I can reduce turnover by 20% and I can provide an ROI if you approve this business case. Like the nature of those conversations, if HR wants to continue to build that seat, unleash the data you have to tell the story, to create the business case, to drive the impact. Like, I just think there's so much opportunity there for us to do more. That, that's an awesome example, by the way. I'm gonna, let's, let's, let's keep yeah, it that, right? Yeah. Because there's two things that happen in there, right? The first one is it was a data-driven conversation, the language of data. And for anybody in HR who, I know you may not, you might not have gotten into HR to like work on Excel spreadsheets, et cetera. These days are past, man. Like you have to have mastery of your metrics, your numbers, and you have to have agility with that. And you have to speak in the language of the CFO, the CEO, and that is a language of numbers. And that's the second part of this. Who is really good at this? The CFO takes business strategy, they unpack it into a financial strategy, they turn it into a set of numbers that it, everybody sees. It's It's... Man, we talk about hopes and dreams and, and fun statements to motivate people, but man, it is data. That lights the path to accountability and change. And the more HR, which is very much focused on change, can turn 
that business strategy into a talent strategy and turn it into numbers and help everybody connect the small decision about who I'm going to hire, who I'm going to pay, who I'm going to fire, who I'm going to, you know, invest in, turn that into and understand how that is a number and results in that set of collective decisions that actually shapes corporate outcomes, that's the magic. That's when HR has collapsed its distance to impact in turning numbers into strategy to outcomes. And that's a beautiful, beautiful part of it. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, no, I, no, don't be sorry. I love it. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great answer. And, and I think it's a great segue to the Vizier Paychecks partnership yeah, because absolutely. you're really, it's great to talk about numbers, but how do I really do it? How do I really make that happen? So why do you, do you want to go first? Why do you love the partnership? I have my, I have my reasons. Why do you have your reasons, Jeff? Oh my gosh. So, uh, so a few things. One is I've, I've been an admirer of Vizier for some time. You know, I've had a chance to see some of their, some of their customers uh, at retail in a previous life. I was really impressed with the quality of the product, the quality of the people in the firm. So an admirer for sure. Um, and that was a great baseline for the discussions we were having here at Paychex. So the business challenge is one, a little bit of what we were just talking about is how do we um, give access to information? How do we democratize that access? How do we make it simple to consume? How do we turn it into the ROI that every HR and business leader really needs? If you kind of think about our typical customer at Paychex, they're probably running an organization or running multiple parts of a smaller organization. They don't have time to dwell on HR statistics. They need those insights available they need them to pop and they need that the, the case coming out of that to be clear. So what we were looking for in enhancing uh, our already uh, really strong capabilities was a partner that could match that need uh, and one that kind of fit from a culture perspective, really client centric, really excited about the partnership. You know we're a mission driven company, right? We wanna give clients the freedom to succeed giving them access to this information all in one place, all in flex, is just an incredible way to do that. And Vizier is a great company to partner with to do that. Thank you, as is Paychex, and you actually fulfill the rest of my mission. When I think about my mom, right? She works at a small accounting firm. They're not doing people analytics, but you know what? They deserve to have the same elevated insights that that a big company does, right? Quite frankly, like everybody deserves data-driven, fairer, unbiased, fact-based decisions about their career, mm -hmm. right? Managers want it. They want to know who is really going to leave versus not going to leave. They want to know, am I spending money on the right people? They want to, and the employees love data-driven um, insights because it balances, it levels the playing field. It makes sure it's not just the person who has the loudest voice who gets the money and attention, it's the person who actually performs on their merits. And that's a magic, magic moment. And what you guys do in this partnership is you bring it to every size company because everybody deserves better people decisions. And that's why I'm so excited. So, yeah. yeah. You picture just these massive data sets yeah. that we're sitting on yeah. at Paychex. Like I, I fundamentally believe there is not an organization in the United States that knows small to medium business mm. and what's going on inside it better than paychecks. You couple that with world leading capabilities, 
from an insights perspective. And man, you got a powerful combination in the market. Okay, let's humanize that because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Because some people out there in HR are like, I don't know, what, 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 what does this mean really, right? But every day, you know, if you're running a small business, every dollar counts even more, right? You know, you spend one dollar, it's, it's, it's gonna make it, right? One dollar an hour in someone's salary makes a difference for them and you, your margins, your, everything. So how do you choose that next best dollar? Wouldn't it be great to have insights that say, what is the market data really? How, if I do this, what are the other factors that I can't see with my naked eye tell me about whether this person's really going to stay or go? Am I giving it to the right person? All these little decisions are there. Humanize that, but don't make it so technologically complicated. The same way we wake up in the morning, even if we've driven the same way, we pop on Google Maps and we go to check to see what the latest traffic report or if there's an accident. As humans, we're, we rely on good data to make even the most routine instincts, uh, in, um, uh, decisions. Things we used to do with by insight and inertia, we now use data to inform us. Man, that's so important for people decisions. People decisions should not be made on instinct and inertia. They should be made on facts. Yes, informed by your experience, but facts have got to be part of it. Yeah, well said. And I love that point you made about Google Maps. Yeah. Um, because it, there's a lot of talk about the technologies here, AI, all, all this, but that's really just a means to an end. And, and what you're both talking about is the end, what we're trying to get to here. Is there any change management or leadership impact or culture impact to make this really work? Because I, I, I've got to think, you said it, inertia. An experience. I'm used to doing things a certain way. Have you noticed pushback against this data-driven model at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's fear of the unknown. It's fear of, uh, you know, I won't have the right answer. And let's. And I want to talk directly to the HR culture for a second, right? So, all of the things that has made HR great in the last 20 years correct books and records, making sure people get paid on time and accurately, making sure their benefits are up and running, making sure that we're compliant with the law, making sure that we find the best talent, right? All of these different specialties have become really important. And a big part of it has been service, right? And HR is a trusted partner for the employee to give good service. And in HR, we like to answer questions and we like to answer them accurately, okay? And now all of a sudden, when you see true analytics, the hardest part about analytics is sometimes it doesn't ask a question, answer a question, but it gets you to a better question. Mm. And it changes the dialogue that people will have with you. So somebody may come to you for a question in HR now that you're showing them more and interesting data, and you're gonna have to have that moment that we all learn as adults, which is, you know, I don't know. Let's explore this together or let me get back to you. Yeah, I, I've got one as well, and I, I think it's even probably a little bit more fundamental, which is I have I've seen over and over and over again, when we do get the data that we want, we don't like the story it's telling. So we go chasing more data. Yes. Because we hope that by torturing more data, it will confess the story that we came into the exploration with. And I think there's um, there has to be a level of maturity around data collection, and data analysis that says, I believe this is the right data set. I am at the end of my 
de minimis pursuit of incremental sources of data, <laughs> I have what's good enough because the enemy of progress is seeking perfection. And I think there's a real temptation oh my God. to go after this perfect answer that does not exist. But if you make 10 decisions and seven of them are great, versus making one or two and endlessly pursuing more data, I think you're gonna be ahead. You're gonna get one or two wrong once in a while, but to me, it's a much better answer. Because you're now moving, right? The, the, the beautiful part is now you're seeing the difference between reporting and analytics is data in motion. You're being able to see trends. You're being, being able to show people a pattern of decisions and say the most important graph you'll ever create is if you do not change your ways, this is where you're headed. <laughs> and that, that moment, is a powerful moment between HR and all of the different constituents that it serves. So you just got to get used to it. You got to get used to that humbling moment that you may not have all the answers and you have to get other questions. You're going to see dirty data, right? People, the best way to clean your data is put it in analytics because it stays clean because everyone sees it. People in glass houses, they have clean floors. Um, so, but it is an upward spiral. It leads HR leaders to better, more interesting conversations about people. Glass houses and clean floors. I'm gonna borrow that one. Anytime. I had not heard yeah. that one. Yeah, before. that's a good Do one. Do you like that yeah, one? Yeah, I appreciate that. Great. Gentlemen, this was a fantastic conversation. I so much appreciate you taking the time today. Thank Always you. Always a pleasure. We look forward to the partnership. Go look at your data. <laughs> great to hang with you and great to see you. Awesome, thank you so much. Okay. And thank you to our listeners as well. I hope you're enjoying this series live from the show floor of HR Tech. It's been really exciting. As always, please stay happy and healthy. Be sure to subscribe to this and our Paychecks Thrive Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for more ways to keep your finger on the pulse of industry dynamics? Visit our resource center for the latest research, thought leadership, and news at paychecks.com slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, please stay happy and healthy. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.